You are welcome to another Bye. exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising program of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships Thank you for free. coming. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. So, hi, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us. And for those that will be watching this later on rebroadcast, um, my name is Himo Sonny Joe, and I'll be the moderator for tonight. Um, Monday to Fridays, I work as a HR professional, and then I also serve as an event host i serve as an mc i serve as a moderator i'm just your person i'm just your talker and and then with me on the hot seat today is um gracilis i will allow her to introduce herself oh hello. all right hi everyone for those who do not know me i am known as gracilis um i work with the NHS and I also do this work which mainly is advocating against domestic abuse and I also write, I love to write, people love to talk, I love to write so you can check my writing so if you do Gracilis on Mondays on Facebook you will see me um, and there's a blog also, This Husband Matter blog for which this whole thing has evolved where we mm. bring out a post every Friday and we are actually passionate about healthy relationships and I hope that today is enlightening. I hope that you find today um, a source of hope and encouragement because that's really the aim why we're discussing this matter today. Thank you. All right then. Thank you. Thank you for everyone for joining. So today on Cardo Matters, we'll be discussing a topic not, um, first of all, let me um, tell our first time um, listeners that Cardo means Church Against Domestic Abuse and as the name implies church, it says that we're a Christian-based organization and we seek to educate and inform just and help people out of um, issues evolve and surround around um, the issues of um, abuse. And we do that in different topics. And today we're talking about a topic that a lot of Christians find quite uncomfortable and don't want to talk about it, but it's an issue that is causing um, troubles in relationships and in marriages, in partnerships and family life in general and still we'll be talking about domestic abuse and pornography. We'll be discussing pornography the if, and we'll look at what is pornography, we'll look at the effects that pornography has or if there's any linkage between pornography and domestic abuse. We try to keep this short so we'll just go um, straight on to um, uh, our discussion tonight. All right, okay. Domestic abuse and pornography. I think the first place or where we can start from to, be, to do justice to this topic is to have an understanding of what pornography is. So Grace, what is pornography? Well, if you look at the term pornography, it's actually defined, it's actually derived from the Greek word and it's called from the Greek word pony. And pony means prostitute, white graphene means to write. It was originally used, you know, to describe the art of literature depicting the life of prostitutes. I checked up also in the dictionary and found out that pornography is actually the representation as it were of sexual behavior in books, in pictures, in films, in statues, or other media with the sole 
aim of causing sexual excitement. So anything that we use for our sexual titillation, gratification, or to escape, whether it was intended for that or not, is actually pornography. And if we talk about pornography, you've got two types of when you're describing pornography, you've got the soft porn and the hard porn. And usually what happens is people start with the soft porn and then they progress to hard porn. And when you talk about soft porn pornography, it's pornography that just describes sex in an in indirect way, you know, or simulated way, sort of like indirect. And you find that perhaps sometimes in erotic novels and some Playboy magazines and things like that. But when you get to the hardcore pornography, this is where you see simulated sex actually taking place. So, so that's it's about pornography. Pornography. Thank you. Thank you for telling us the the roots word and the types of pornography that we have available. Welcome. So, okay. So, why are we discussing? the issue of pornography as it pertains to the church. Is this common? Does it mean that this is quite common? Yes, pornography is actually, the use of pornography is actually common. I remember recently when we had that whole thing of that child um, in Nigeria and I found out it was interesting to see a lot of Christians even actually asking for the film and even saying they had watched the film. And I started thinking, is it that people don't know that that is pornography? And when I began to look at the research, the church actually tells us that in the church, you've got out of 50 adults in the church, you most likely probably you would get, this is shocking though, but you'll find out that in the church, 50% of Christian men and 30% of Christian women have what pornography or have something to do with pornography. And um, so that means that if you have a church of 50 adults, 25% of the men are watching, have issues with pornography and have 10 women there watching pornography. So one in three people struggle with pornography. Even you find out that, in short, I was reading some people and I said one in every three visitors that visits a pornography, one of them is a woman, you know. But women sort of favor chat rooms and all of that because women start with romantic talks and all of that. And sometimes that stranger that they meet in that chat room thinking there's going to be a Firefly relationship lures them into pornography. So yes, it is common. Pornography is, is, is common and cuts across men, women, even children are exposed to pornography. By the age of 14, you, you have the satisfaction yes. that most children have actually seen pornography. Thank Could you. it be that people don't understand what is like referring back to the issue that trended um, a few roughly about four weeks or less ago about the children, the minors that were were um, recorded on video in, in engaged in sexual activity and people were asking for those videos people were um people were asking for them people were sharing them was it that they didn't understand that it was pornography to them it was just uh, a 30 second or a one minute clip or I don't know how long it is I don't want to imagine it was quite long but does it have anything to do with the duration or is just the content or the intent that defines it to be what well, it is I'm sure people had their different reasons so people said they wanted to investigate to be sure you know but yeah. the thing is that just 30 second clips of pornography could of watching pornography could change your life forever. I sure a friend of mine told me a very horrible story as in when we were in school then, you know, you know how university hostels are four people, four beds in a room, and he had his roommate yeah. come with his girlfriend, and his roommate and the girlfriend were sleeping in the room. 
in the presence of all of them. You know, I like what yeah. World Changer has said. Um, yes, it's mm. true. The internet has made it you know, quite easy for you to come across pornography. Those days before, pornography used to be a stack of Playboy magazines hiding under the bedroom. But now, you know, there's affordability, there's accessibility, and there's also you can just go watch nobody sees nobody knows yeah come out and then at the end of the day start feeling guilt and shame so yes um so people do not know that it's pornography so please anything you use anything you say sexual that's pornography yeah okay so thank you for for those statistics and also for kind of like shedding more light on it now someone would say with that look I'm only watching something. I'm not doing anything. It's better than me either cheating on my spouse or it's it's better than me actually engaging in illicit sex activity. So why are we concerned about this whole thing about we're Christians? Should we even be having this discussion in the first place? Why are we concerned about this whole to topic? Well, I think the first thing is we've established the fact that Christians do watch pornography. And one of the, the, the one of the things we're concerned about is, you know, the Bible talks about our eye gates. You know, Job said, "Listen, I'll not put, you know, I'll not look at a woman lustfully." You know, talks about what we see. The thing is that what we see when it comes to watching pornography, whatever we behold, even the Bible tells us that as we behold His face, we are being changed from glory to glory. So as we behold pornography, guess what happens? Things begin to change. So, yeah. Sorry, why are you laughing? As we behold pornography, no. guess what happens? Things begin to change. Our view of women begin to change. Women become, begin um, to become objectified. We find the fact that you know even women have the views of themselves. But you know, pornography is actually like a sin, as it were, against your spouse, your future spouse. And something about pornography is the fact that it's enslaving. You know, it, it could be addictive. It erodes your character. It disturbs your moral development. And, and this is just talking about the impact that pornography will have on you as a person. Last week, I know we we're talking about how pornography has been used to, has been said, the people, who, the brains, uh, people, researchers in Canada say, says that pornography has a way of eroding the prefrontal context. And I said that when we talk about the prefrontal context in the brain, we're talking about that region of the brain that actually functions, talking about your moral, morality, your willpower, and then impulse control. So those are the things that, you know, we're concerned about. And then it's not just you yourself when it comes to pornography it also shows that it affects other people it affects our relationship with your romantic partner your spouse it places unnecessary pressure as it were unnecessary pressure as it were on people because people see things in pornography and they want their spouse to carry out and that's part of the problems we have and in short that's part of the problems that come out from that people see things in pornography it looks good in pornography i was reading something and a lady said listen she was surprised when she had an answer that it was that painful. She had to take medicine because otherwise she used to watch it in pornography. The women there seemed to be having fun. So pornography has a way of changing your sexual expectations, changing your what you demand from your partner. It, it, it's sort of yeah. the way really it's um, adultery. You're sort of cheating on your partner. And then all these pornography scenes, what happens is that part of the research that read has said that at the end of the day, it hyper-stimulates the dopamine, the reward system, and you keep on watching more and more and more to get aroused, and you find people who use pornography regularly, you find it difficult to actually have sexual arousal with their own partner. They find it, that's why you find some men having 
you know, erectile dysfunction. And then pornography has been linked to sexual risk-taking behavior. Why? Because most pornographic films, people there don't use condom. And so you just find out that because it's what someone is watching, before you know, you yeah. just start doing that kind of thing. And if you're not using condom, just for my happen, you might just be looking at you know sexually transmitted disease. Then imagine those people who are working in the sex industry themselves. Most of those people are sex trafficked. Tra- most of those people they are they're being trafficked. They are sometimes women, yeah. children that have been you know traffic so that's not what they really want to do and most of them they are on drugs to do those things and you don't want a ministry you don't want to be doing things that is encouraging a ministry of death as it were to people so i think that there are many reasons for us to look at pornography because at the end of the day pornography actually also disturbs your relationship with god you find out someone said that's one of the number one reason you find most yeah. men not coming to church guilt and shame it's a waste of your time it's a waste of one's energy it's a waste of one's money it weakens our relationship with God and it weakens our service. Absolutely weakens our relationship with God. You rob yourself the guilt, the shame, mm-hmm. and yeah, about the money is because it's an addiction. So you're going to be spending a lot of money just to to to, to just indulge and service that addiction thank you very 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 much for those so, um brother, what i'm looking at i'm writing the names of our first time and so that's that's why i'm bending down to look at my phone just in case anybody's wondering what's she doing there i'm just i don't want to miss out our first time and so that yeah. we can say hello to them after so yes that's what i'm doing here yeah all right yeah and i, I and there was something else you said you know about most of those or in fact not most pornography is a script and those setting off on uh, unrealistic expectations so it distorts what that relationship spouses should have with one another you're basing it off fiction so to say for want of a better word thank you it's not happening one Exactly. Yeah, that's true because it's it's a production. So there's there's several takes and all that all that unmet. You put your 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 spouse under undue pressure to meet an expectation that isn't real. You know, you can watch a scene and they're going for hours and you expect your spouse to do the same, you know, but meanwhile you've forgotten that that's a script with where the producer says cut action. All right, that's a wrap and all that. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. It's so hard. I wanted to say praise the Lord, but I just felt I can't put praise the Lord together. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, have mercy on me. All right, then. Okay. So, Kada, we're all about speaking out against domestic abuse. Now, let's start bringing it home. We've looked at what pornography is. We've looked at the, what it does to someone. So, now, how are they linked? How is pornography linked to domestic abuse? Okay, so there have been several pornography to domestic abuse. I'm sure that's what brought this topic out. I was researching on something just saw domestic abuse and pornography, and I saw a wealth of literature. Uh, women all over, I think they, they've said that if we're going to be serious about domestic abuse, we need to understand the effect of pornography on domestic abuse. And why is that so? Because if you look at the content of most pornographic material, you find out that about 88 or 88 to 90 percent of content of pornographic material actually depicts violence, it depicts women, you know, being violated as it were, and they seem to be enjoying it. So that's one thing. Women seem to show pleasure or neutrality. 
when things like that are going on. And then the second thing is that in most pornographic videos, about 75% of the show men having orgasm, while only 17% actually show women having orgasm. So in, in a way, that seems to be underscoring and passing a message that a woman's sexual pleasure is not really as it were important. So one of the things, yes. but when you look at pornography and domestic abuse, what actually starts to happen is that pornography has a way of setting the scene giving you an expectation that violence is okay. So it sets the expectation of violence, it sets the expectation that it's okay for violence to be taking place. It acts as a form of sexual education to people, teaching them that female sexual partners, it doesn't really matter, they shouldn't really get, uh, as it were, satisfied, and they are okay with slapping, gagging, you know, even non-consensual yeah. sex, as it were. Um, mainstream research has shown that most people who watch pornography are more, these people are more, they have, Greater intention as it were, they are greater, they have the intention and they have they, they've been associated with greater commitment or intention, ability to commit rape. The people who watch pornography as it were. So, and furthermore, one, one of the things that they found is that the use of pornography has been linked to other forms of domestic abuse. One third of some women who, uh, there was a study that was carried out, they had like uh, 40 women and they showed those 40 women, they showed that um, their partners usually watched. Uh, one third of them, their partners watch pornography and force them to watch pornography and engage in the sexual acts, you know, that yeah. in that pornographic material. Another thing is that pornography actually opens the door to many forms of domestic abuse in your home. So it's not just one thing, it's not just that, you know, if it's the sexual abuse, you know, it's people who watch pornography are more inclined to commit marital rape because, you know, that's what they see. And I want yeah. women have been objectified and then you, you see them doing that. Another thing also is um, sometimes couples actually do pornography themselves and then what happens is that in an abusive relationship you find a partner threatening the other one that they would show out their nude pictures and things like that to the other person. I yeah. know it's a lot of emotional abuse. It's, it's really, really, really a lot of things really. Those are some of the things that pornography could cause in a home. And imagine when a, a, a woman perhaps sometimes when she's comparing herself with what is being seen, or she's she's being forced as it were. If you really love me, you want this relationship to do so. Several forms of abuse could be occurring. Yeah. So that's why we're concerned. Pornography has been shown by studies to be linked to domestic abuse. Wow, it, it, it's it's yeah yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's 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 mind boggling how one action leads to another. Uh, gives has that consequence, like um. I, I heard someone say that every disobedience has a consequence. Yeah. It's just like you don't know when it's going to happen. So as we're just praying and hoping that for everyone who's listening to us and for as many that will share our material and come across it, it's just to educate you to see the long-term effects, sometimes the short-term effects of some of these things that people engage in not knowing. And that's the 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 place we're coming from and now some yeah so you know to someone's like i don't agree with you i don't agree with all that you're saying i don't believe that all this i will continue to watch it what would you say will be a detrimental effect it will have on someone why would someone do this or involve or engage in watching pornography if we're saying that these are some of the um, effects it has well, I think to be honest, before um, I know I was reading something recently and it talked about porn use, porn addiction, 
you know. So those are things to look at. But to be honest, people watch pornography because it's pleasurable. That's that's as in there's some form of pleasure divide. There's something pornography is meeting in one's life. That's why one is watching. Although you could have some reasons or boredom, exposure. Sometimes it's wrongful exposure, loneliness, the opportunity just came, stress, I was tired, feeling rejected, you know, and all of that. But the truth is that at the end of the day, we watch pornography because it fulfills something in our lives. There's something that pornography is fulfilling. And it's important to know what is that thing that pornography is fulfilling. I'll call that the five hours is pornography. For some people, pornography is fulfilling respect. It promises respect in the fantasy world. You know, the man is there. He can have any woman. He can perform. You know, and all of that. He has both power and sexual ability. So by the time you're watching pornography, you see yourself in that sexual world. And so that, that's one of the things that, as it were, pornography is doing for you. Pornography promises for some people a relationship makes you feel like, you know, you could have this relationship. And the interesting thing is that a lot of people want a relationship, but they don't want the commitment of the relationship. They fear the vulnerability of intimacy. But you know, with pornography, you don't have, you don't, you don't, you're not even going to be intimate with anybody. Just go there, yeah. see what you need to see, strip a woman and all of that. So when you're looking at porn, for those working at porn with respect, what happens is you want to be respected by men. And then when it comes to relationships, we want to have relationships with women without having to do anything. And then pornography sometimes works as a refuge for some people. That's where they go to like relieve their stress. That's where they go to when they want to escape responsibilities. They just want yeah. to just, just give me a break. Let me let my hair down. You know, they're feeling overwhelmed. Rather than going to God say, God, I feel overwhelmed. You know, you turn sometimes to pornography. Sometimes for another hour of pornography is pornography promising reward whereby um, you think that you've, you've worked hard, you've worked so hard, it's now time for you to reward yourself. A little pleasure, a little pleasure, then you work pornography. You'll be amazed how sometimes some of this working hard to even be, you finish that exciting, wonderful Christian conference that is the talk of the town, people's lives are changed, and then suddenly you find yourself doing that because you have this entitlement, um, there's this entitlement factor happening there. So I, I, I think sometimes people should say boredom, but if you're bored, I think you can start with your Bible. That will help fellowship. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, okay, that's a good place for us to jump in. Um, just going straight to talk about now. We've talked about the effects, what it does, what it can do to you and your relationships, how it can lead to domestic abuse. The key thing, as we say, we inform and we educate. So someone listening, someone that knows someone who is battling with pornography, what can they do? What should someone do if they find themselves that they are addicted to pornography? That's, I'll ask you two in one question. I'm just looking at our time. Or, okay. yeah. I'll ask you two in one question. I, I'm listening to you. I can identify. I know that I watch pornography, but I don't know what to do. I want to get out of it, especially when you said it affects my relationship with God. It affects my ability to hear from God and, and all the other, um, negatives we've talked about. But, and then, should I tell my spouse as well? So that's the second. Should I come bring come out open to my spouse to say, assuming both are not involved okay. in it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, two quick things. When when it comes to what do I do when I have a problem with pornography, I think the first thing is that being able to identify that there's a problem, being able to identify that no, you don't have this under your control. This you actually. This is this is something that has a hold on you because if you don't recognize that, that will be 
trouble itself. So the first thing is recognizing that there's trouble and then recognizing that there's a problem. And then after recognizing there's a problem, begin to ask yourself, what are my triggers? What is it that pornography is doing for me? Is it serving as a, a thing of respect? Is it serving as a thing for reward? Is it serving as, uh, is, it serving as uh, is it promising me a relationship? Is it even serving as a thing of revenge? You are angry with your spouse and you don't watch pornography or they're not giving you sex enough and all of that. So you need to tell yourself the truth. What is it that pornography is doing for me? And then if you're able to begin to answer that, one of the things I would say, welcome, um, is it Shem Peye? Welcome. One of the things I would say after that is that there are some questions I would like to ask. You know, how frequently do you watch pornography? How early were you exposed to it, you know? And what have you done about it? Because every one of us, we have a porn history. And your porn history might be you've never watched porn. So so let's, don't don't just go, don't go on me and say, hey, what does she do? We have a porn history. No, your porn history might actually be that you've never watched porn. So getting to that point where you say, check yourself. Say, first of all, there's a problem. I admit I have a problem. Why am I watching pornography? You should be able to answer that. And then what can you do? Yes, I know that perhaps you've heard which um, with the word of God, it does have a, a beautiful effect. I tell you, just the way pornography changes, the word of God has the transforming ability to transform us. It is what you see. So um, know your trigger factors, yes. Know your trigger factors. Know those times you are most tempted to go and do that. And so you plan ahead. You know, if it's Friday night when you are lonely and alone, that's when so you plan ahead so that next time, Friday night, you already have a plan and all of that. So for yourself, I would say there's a place of the word of God, there's a place for prayer, and not just prayer for yourself. You know, praying for the people in the sex industry has a way of turning around things for you because you're praying for them that God will save them. I'm sure if you're doing that prayer seriously, you will be going to watch that. So there's a place of prayer. There's a place of discipline for yourself. You know, just as people, yeah. sometimes we have to tell ourselves no. Rather than thinking maybe it's a table you talk, just say no. If you've got those magazines in your house, Bring them all out and burn them. The Bible says about people were converted in the days of Paul. They brought out all yeah. the It cost so much and they burnt all of them. So bring them out and burn them. If you know that you have a problem with the internet, it might be a good time to make sure that you put filters on your internet. You might also yeah. have um, liaise with people like um, Covenant Eyes XX3 Church. They have some things you can put on your computers. These are brethren who have had this ministry. You know, towards people who have somehow been having issues with pornography. So you have to your, on your computer to help you, you know, keeping watch and, you know, keeping all of those things to make sure you don't go to some of those horrible sites. And by the time you're going there, you know that. And then there's also the place, I would say, of accountability. You know, you would have to be accountable to people. You would have to be accountable to one to two people. You might even have to join... Uh, an accountability group, just the way we have alcoholic uh, anonymous, we actually have sex, uh, sexholic anonymous, we have people who gather together, who this is the problem, a problem for them yeah. and you go to those gatherings, you actually find people who have been clean for 15 years so it's a place where people know where you are coming from, they understand yeah. what you are talking about they understand your struggles because they have been there and perhaps you might be thinking, well, why do I need to confess to someone and all of that? You need to ask yourself, why don't you? If you, oh, I'll just confess to God. The thing is that pornography is one of those things. If you see another link of pornography and domestic abuse, it's something that is always a thing of shame, you know, secrecy, secrecy, secrecy. So yeah. one of the ways to break the hold of pornography is speak out. Say to someone, I'm struggling. I, I, yeah. I, I, that we should 
leader of the description because as a leader, you might be a leader. If you come out and say, I'm struggling with pornography, guess what will happen? Some, some followers will say, oh, if he's struggling, well, that means... There's something about, oh, I'm struggling with some things and I'm struggling with pornography, especially you're talking to a congregation. So with discussion, you know, you're saying it to some, because sometimes by the time we say so, we give some people, some other people the edge to go on or, you know, the edge to yeah. go on. So you want to place yourself under um, accountability. And then when I talk yeah. about talking to someone, I would say, do we, should we say that to our spouse? Yes. But there's a way yeah. and a manner to go about it. Because sometimes we could you could do that in such a way that your spouse starts feeling that she she or he or she is the reason for your pornography uh, behavior. So first of all, if that is what you're planning to do, I would say that is what you're supposed to do. To do that, I would say that you might have to do it in a controlled environment. You might have to do it in the office of a therapist. She he or she might have their own therapist while you have your therapist. And I would say you to be honest, when it comes to pornography, you might actually need you know, the services of a therapist. And before you start telling your spouse, finish some of your work with the therapist. Because as you work with the therapist, some more memories might come up, some more things might come up, some things that have been hidden and buried might come up to you. Because find out some people who have use of pornography, there's been sexual abuse in the past, child sexual abuse, things that you might have to bring up. You know, that's not putting mm -hmm. it as excuse, but you might have to bring up. So it's better for you to finish your treatment Bring out all yeah. because what you don't want to do is you tell your spouse today, oh, I just want to tell you something, you say this, tomorrow you remember another one again, you come again and you say, guess what happens? You're traumatizing the person again and again and again. So avoid trickle disclosures. That's what I'll say. Avoid trickle disclosures. Get your work with the therapist. And you might have to get her with her own therapy, her or him with their own, your spouse with their own therapist. And get that one to be able to like liaise, speak to them before it's time to as it were full disclosure. I always say disclosure, you don't have to tell say everything you did because that, that could just be a bit traumatizing. You don't want to say and I saw how she was wearing a red dress, I did this, I did that, this is the kind you, you don't need a repetition of all of those things. You know, there's a there's a proper way I think you should understand your 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 spouse and their yeah their and capacity their for yeah. yeah. So there's a proper way to disclose. And you might wonder, oh, is that something you should be telling your fiance? It depends on where your relationship is. And it's important because it's just like someone said, if you have HIV and you don't tell your spouse, what, what would you be doing? What would that be termed as? So I think, yes, there's a place you should tell your spouse, but there's a way and there's a manner for and you manner. to go about it. And that's that part of you know, accountability, being able to say to someone, I'm struggling with this and not just i'm struggling with this someone who is going to hold you accountable someone who is going to say today someone who is going to call you up every day because that's what happens from all the different uh, programs i've read that's what happens every day the person calls you has today been what have you done somebody that when you feel that urge to look at pornography you pick the phone you put the person emergency down i'm having this problem again the person can talk to you and walk through you and i want to say that People have been made free. So there is hope. There is hope for you. There is hope for you. God, God has seen your situation. I was reading something, and, you know, just reading through the book of Romans again, trying to study through the book of Romans, where the Bible talks about how you know we've been justified and all of that. God has seen your situation and He has come to help you. That's why you're watching this program probably. 
you know, he has come to help you, he wants to help you, you need to cooperate. The Bible says we should kill. So that, that means that we have the ability to kill. Just as pornography as it were could be habit forming. Guess what? Purity can also be habit forming. We can be as it were. What did you say? Uh, no, I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, absolutely. Those are very practical tips. Thank you so, so much. Those are very practical tips. I liked how you re-echoed the word of God. We cannot negate or overemphasize the power in the word of God. The word of God is alive. The word of God is powerful. So if you know someone, if you, if, or you, if you know someone, if you're struggling with pornography, there is help in the word of god the word of god is able to deliver and i like that you talked about prayer we pray for yourself praying for the industry I like the yeah I, those resources you you gave putting filters those are practical things you could do put those filters on the on your system on your internet the name was um covenant covenant i yeah covenant i so check them out they help and of course key thing that you said Therapy, 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 therapy. I think that's one thing the the um, black community run away from. So if you don't want to go to a regular therapy, there are therapists, there are Christian therapists as well. Make use of that resource. I think and key just admitting that there is a problem. Thank you, thank you so much for that. We we hope that you would find these tips very useful you know the diversion strategies i think we, we hope you enjoyed and learnt from today's session till we come your way again remember god hates abuse there is no excuse for abuse the church which is you and i say no to domestic abuse <laughs>